0: Okay, Nehemiah chapter 4. I want you to go back there. How many enjoyed last week when I spoke on burnt stones? Okay, I'm going to carry on with it a bit more. God's just given me a bit more on it and uh, actually a lot more, but I'll just give you some today. So I want to just share on burnt stones, Nehemiah chapter 4. And so it happened when Sanballat heard we were rebuilding the wall, he was furious and very angry and he mocked the Jews. And then he spoke before his brethren, the army of Samaria, and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they strengthen themselves? Will they offer sacrifices to God? Hey, are they going to complete it in a day? It's too big a task. Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burned. And so this is a story or picture from the days... Of Nehemiah, when the city of Jerusalem had been overtaken, broken down, the uh, city had been burnt, the, the people taken out and brought into captivity, the city had been destroyed by fire. Fire erodes the stones, then they leave them all out. Walls were broken down. It was desolate. It was not a city you could live in anymore. And God intended the city be rebuilt. And so here we have a picture. It's talking, and we've got Sanballat, who's a picture of Satan. And Samballot's mocking the work of God. Samballot is looking at the city of Jerusalem. He's looking at the plan of God. He's looking at the purpose of God. It is always in the heart of God to go to cities that are ruined. It is always in the heart of God to reach into people whose lives are broken. It is always in the heart of God to build and restore. Restore lives, restore marriages, restore families, restore people who have been broken down by the thief that came to destroy this is the heart of God to, to restore. And so as Nehemiah arises to go and restore, he faces demonic opposition. The devil doesn't want people restored. He doesn't want your life on course. He doesn't want you fulfilling a purpose and destiny. He wants you to remain in bondage, in defeat, with the walls of your life broken down, with your heart full of bitterness and resentment. He wants to come into your life. He wants to burn up everything you have. But God is able to take burnt stones And raise them up. As we see in the story here, we see the Bible talks about piles of rubbish, heaps of rubbish and burnt stones. Burnt stones are a prophetic picture of people. The Bible uses the word stone to describe people. So a burnt stone is a fire blackened stone. It is a person who's been through fiery situations, situations of pain, situations of betrayal, situations of injustice. And their life that once had potential has now been blackened by the fire that they've gone through. Their heart has changed. Now, instead of there being love and kindness, there's anger and hurt and injustice, there's bitterness, there's fear, there's conflict and turmoil, burnt stones lying in a pile of rubbish. But God has a heart to reach into the piles of rubbish that are in our city and to find stones and restore them. This is what our God is like. This is why Jesus came into this world. He came into a world full of rubbish, full of burnt stones that he might raise them up and heal them and restore them and position them into their place of destiny and put them in a place they could be useful to God, useful to the purpose of God. A burnt stone is someone who's saying in their heart, I don't think God could ever use me again. My life is in ruins. I feel stripped of everything. A burnt stone is someone who's been displaced out of the place and call of God. Burnt stone is someone who's saying, I don't think I could ever trust again. I don't think I could ever love again. I don't think I could ever reach out again. I don't think I could ever be used by God again. That's a burnt stone, and God sends Nehemiah to find the burnt stones and to pick them up and restore them and put them back in place. God wants to do it to your life and to the friends around you, to your family. He wants to do it in our community. Our city is full of burnt stones. You don't have to walk far to see them. Lives that have been shattered by abuse and alcohol. And God is wanting to raise them up. God is wanting to restore them. And he uses a man called Nehemiah. Nehemiah, Let's have a look at Nehemiah in chapter 1. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 2. Hanani and my brothers came with the men from Judah and I asked them. I asked them concerning the Jews which had escaped and survived the captivity. They hadn't died. And I asked them concerning Jerusalem, and they said to me, the survivors that are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down. The gates are burnt with fire. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned day and night and fasted and prayed. Nehemiah, his name means the comfort of God. Nehemiah is a picture of the Holy Ghost. And you'll find when you look in the Bible, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost all have one mind and one heart. It's a heart of love. It's a heart of compassion for people. God raised us for a purpose. When God designed man, he designed us to represent him as ambassadors, to be creative, to to change the world that we were born into. He raised us up for a purpose and destiny. But when the devil came in, he burnt God's plans. He Broke God's plans. He damaged God's plan. and Yet we see the heart of God. Notice what Nehemiah does. He asks them. God is always inquiring. God is always searching to find where people are at. When God came into the Garden of Eden, he said, Adam, where are you? Not he didn't know where he was. His he was, heart was broken because the relationship was fractured. He said, Adam, this is a relational question. Where are you? How often or how, how infrequently... We have people come up and ask you the question, how are you doing? What's happening in your life? With a heart to know you. That's what Nehemiah does. He asks the question, how are the people of God who survived the captivity? What is their condition? What is the city of Jerusalem like? He asks questions to find out the problem. they well to look at that because... You know, the way you want to find out what's going on in people's lives, ask questions. You'd be amazed if you have a heart to hear, a heart that loves people and cares about, and you begin to ask questions, they'll open up how they're really doing. I'm surprised how often people break down and weep as they begin to talk about the turmoil they're facing and the loneliness that it brings. And so few people that would come alongside and find them, say, how are you doing? I cannot help. And that's what Nehemiah does. That's his heart. And he asked them. Notice then he sat down. When, when Nehemiah sat down, sit down means you're no longer able to stand up. It's a picture of the grief that the Holy Ghost feels. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit is incredibly sensitive. He feels things deeply and passionately. And so the Bible tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And the Bible describes in Ephesians chapter four. It says we grieve him through bitterness. We grieve him when there's anger. We grieve him when there's hatred in our heart. We grieve him when there's malice. When we fear, when we harbor resentment, when we harbor things in our heart, we were never designed to operate like that. You can't run your life like that. But when that happens, when there's these things in our heart, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is grieved. And so it says he sat down, he was grieved. And the Bible says he wept, he poured out his heart. Nehemiah the man felt the anguish of God. He felt the pain of God's heart. The Spirit of God came upon him and he began to feel what God feels about people who are burnt stones, about people whose lives are broken. Young men, young women who have been abused, who have come from broken families, whose lives are damaged. This is the heart of God. He weeps. When did you last weep over someone? When did you last experience God putting a compassion in your heart so when you heard of something you felt you just sat down and began to weep for their condition and pray for them and begin to fast for the breakthrough? So often it's not like that. We hear of what's happening and we begin to judge and wall in our heart that person away. But God doesn't do that. Nehemiah didn't do that. He began to weep and weep and weep day and night. The The anguish of God's heart, the compassion of God came on him. He felt God's heart and all he could do was weep and weep and weep. If you've ever had that experience, you can understand it. I've known times when I felt the Spirit of God come on me and I just wept uncontrollably. And it was not about something I had done or a mistake or a failure. It was about the condition of people and how God felt about them. When you walk through the Bible, you find how the heart of God is to restore broken people. The heart of God is filled with compassion. I encourage you to read and find how many times compassion caused Jesus to do things. You find a number of stories in the Bible. Let me just throw you out. There's a leper came to Jesus in his broken condition, his, his, his damaged condition. He was a burnt stone, burnt by this horrible loathsome disease and rejected by people. But when he came to Jesus, Jesus was moved with compassion and reached out and engaged him in his horror, in his sickness and touched him and then healed him. If we're going to help people, you have to let the compassion of God move you to engage them in their sickness and pain and not be disgusted and turned off by it. You know, that another example is found in Luke 7 where there was a young man and the young man had died and the mother's grieving and the mother's a burnt stone. Her husband's gone, her son is gone, her life is gone, she's burnt. And he reached, he was moved with compassion and brought life into that situation. God wants to move us with compassion to bring life into people who are in a place of mourning and death. Jesus stopped, went over, and got involved with them. He touched the dead man. He touched that dead man. You don't touch dead things. They're unclean. But Jesus didn't have a care about that. He carried life to change it. God wants you and I to have his heart to carry his life and engage people who are broken. Jesus saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion. Now, I don't want you to see this. It uh, tells us very clearly, Luke 10, Ma- Matthew 9, Luke 9, the first few verses, that God's response to seeing multitudes of broken stones is to raise up laborers to minister to them. You can't just pray for God to do it all. God has chosen to work through people. And so God is looking for people who will have his compassion. It's not about having a good idea. Good ideas won't get you to last in the call of ministry. Good ideas don't cause you to overcome injustice. Good ideas don't cause you to overcome uh, uh, betrayal or people show lack of gratitude where you've done all you can and they just walk away. No, you have to have the compassion of God. This is what Nehemiah had. And Jesus, when he saw the multitudes... Who are desperately in need this was his strategy raise up people, make them living stones and send them out in their positioning in their rank and their order to bring healing and wholeness you're such a stone there is let me say this there is no believer in Christ who's not called to restore burnt stones you which are spiritual restore a person overtaken. If you call yourself spiritual, call yourself an any kind of believer, then the burnt stones are our ministry. People are our ministry. People who have been burnt in the circumstances of life. It says, if you are spiritual, then restore people that have been burnt. It says, true religion is to visit the widows and the orphans in their affliction, to visit the burnt stones and come with them. You cannot have a vibrant, vital spirit life and not minister to burnt stones. It's the heart of God, is people. Ruined cities, burnt stones, devastations of generations. God wants to heal and restore them. The Bible talks about father. See, You see the Holy Ghost in the form of Nehemiah. You see Jesus as ministry. And you find the father in, in the book where it talks about the prodigal son prodigal son begins to return the bible says the father what does it say about him it says while he was a long way off in other words his heart was after the son is your heart after people who are lost and broken backslidden christians do you care about them or do you find a reason to find fault and judge them oh look what they're doing now that's a judgment well i don't know how they could be doing that they call themselves christian that's a judgment How easy it is to judge. But the Bible says the Father was moved with compassion, heart of compassion. And it says, He ran to the Son and He hugged Him and He wept. God is passionate. Passionless religion is a curse, it's not biblical. It's not the heart of God. Jesus stood over Jerusalem, that great city, in all its fineness and splendor, and he wept. He wailed aloud with grief, with longing and yearning for the city. Conservative, passionless, expressionless religion does not change anything. God wants a fire ignited in our hearts. A fire for the lost. A fire for burnstones, stones. A fire that's not just coming out of human concern and sympathy. A fire that's ignited out of the place of prayer and fasting. In Isaiah 58, it talks about the fast of the Lord. And fasting before the Lord. And the outcome is to become a repairer of the breach. A repairer of broken lives. A restorer of people. There's none of us here not called to be restorers of lives. But if your life is damaged and you yourself are a broken stone, a burnt stone, and you're in the pile of rubble and your life is preoccupied just trying to look after yourself, how will you ever rise up, take your position in the work of God and begin to restore others? You must make the commitment. I will not stay a burned stone any longer. I will do whatever it takes to get up out of the situation, be restored, be full of the life of God, full of passion, full of fire. I want the fire of my first love back again. I want to be alive in God again. I want to be serving God passionately. God, come upon me and ignite that fire. See, prayer is the place that's ignited. Prayer, God wants to restore the burned stones. You see, Nehemiah, in Nehemiah 2 verse 17, he says to the people, he says, can you see the distress we're in? Can you see the condition of lives and families? He said, let us rise up and build. Let's rise and build. Let's arise on the inside and become builders. God is wanting builders. God is wanting, I want to just share with you just some simple steps to restoration and then we'll just finish up with a little clip I want to show you. In 2 Kings chapter 6, it shows you some very simple, five simple steps of restoration. I won't develop them, I'll just throw the seeds out for you, but you find it in 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6 is a, I love the prophetic stories in the Bible, but every one of them contains insights that are very relevant for us. In Two Kings, chapter six, it's the story of an axe head being restored. And it says here, the sons of the prophet said to Elijah, chapter verse one, uh, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. In other words, they're feeling contained. They were feeling limited. They were feeling restricted. They've been, I want something big. And he said, Can we go to Jordan? Let every man take a beam from there. Let's make a place where we may dwell. And he said, Go. And one said. Come with your servants. He said, I will go. And he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down the trees. Notice everyone was a builder of the house. Everyone went with an axe. Everyone went with a purpose to build. There wasn't one of them who wasn't determined to build. But one of them, as he was cutting the tree, the iron axe head fell off into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, Master, it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick, and he threw it in there, and he made the iron float. And he said, Therefore, pick it up for yourself. And he reached in, and he picked it, took it, reached out with his hand, and he took it. An amazing thing. You notice now we see the the lost axe head. And so... There's a need for restoration. Why is the axe head important? The axe head speaks of a life flowing in the Holy Ghost. An head, if you've got an axe and it's got no axe head, you can't cut a thing. A Christian's got no power, the Holy Ghost flowing through them doesn't really achieve much at all. That's why Jesus said, wait till you get the Holy Ghost. Get the Holy Ghost on, you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you will be an effective witness for me. So we need the flow of the Holy Ghost. So wooden stick is a picture of the man. The X head is a picture of the cutting edge of the Holy Ghost, the anointing of the Spirit of God flowing through you, energizing your thoughts, giving you creative ideas, causing you to hear the voice of God, causing you to have a heart for people, causing you to reach into lives and see the way into them, to cut into their hearts and, and to, to penetrate them and to see them change. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God gives every believer an exit. He gives every believer the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's your responsibility not to lose the flow of God's power and presence. It's your responsibility to keep that exit sharp. It's your responsibility to learn to listen to the voice of God, hear the voice of God, respond to the voice of God. Do the things God's showing you to do in your work, in your school, in your home, wherever it might be. We're all called to be an axe for Jesus Christ. In the uh, book of Jeremiah, he, he describes his church, the whole church as being his mighty battle axe. In other words, in the hand of God, it cuts down the armies of the enemy. In the hand of God, it subdues demons. In the hand of God, it shuts down the gates of hell. That's the church of the living God. You're called to rise up like that. But here this poor fellow started out well. He lost the axe head. Notice, without the axe, he can't do the work. Without the flow of the Holy Ghost, you can't do the work of God. You can have a program, you can do some good works, but you won't see the fruit that only the Holy Ghost can bring. You need the Holy Ghost. Every area of the church needs the Holy Ghost. We need that reviving fire of the Holy Ghost in every part of us. You need the Holy Ghost in your family. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the power of God. Church with no power cannot be effective. We need God's presence filling our lives, filling and empowering us so you burn with passion. People will come and see you then. No person without passion has got... Much interest for anyone, I don't think. See, so notice it was borrowed, so it wasn't something he owned, it was something he was a steward of. You are a steward of your walk with God, you are a steward of your relationship with God. If you have compromised, if you've walked away from God in your heart, if you let your heart be filled with bitterness and anger, then you've lost your axe head. Heart filled with bitterness and judgment, religiosity has got no cut, got no fire, got nothing to make a difference. God's calling the church out of that place. Wants the axe head back. Wants the axe back on the church. He wants the axe back in your life. He wants the axe back in New Zealand. He wants us to rise up and begin to start to challenge powers of darkness and enter into the community and see people set free. So what happened? I want to share with you simple keys, Well, then we'll finish up. Let me give you the and I won't develop them, because you can, you're smart enough, you can develop it yourself. So let me just show you some keys out. Notice the first thing. He said he, said, uh, uh, he said, he cried out and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. So the first thing you have to do, if you are a burnt stone, if you've lost the fire of God, if you've lost the cutting edge with God, you have to admit there's a problem. Yeah, yeah. The worst thing is to carry on trying to cut trees and you've got no axe head. <laughs> but most of the church does that. Yeah. Uses a wooden stick. To try and cut down trees. And haven't noticed. It's not got an axe head on it. (laughs) Now that's got to be crazy. That many churches in New Zealand. Would not know if the Holy Ghost was there or not there. It literally would not make a difference. And that means for the most part. They're using a wooden stick to try and chop down trees. We need the axe head of the Holy Ghost. We need his presence flowing through our life. So that's not so we'd need to admit it you'd need to admit it deception's a powerful thing we think we're doing better than we are there's nothing that God can't solve but you've got to really admit they've got a problem first of all we can blame others well blaming others is wonderful it's a great way Uh, there's a guy Benjamin Franklin said this he that's good at blaming others uh, uh, he that's good at making excuses and blaming others is seldom good at anything else it's not a bad one is it hey he that's good at making excuses is seldom good at anything else so i don't want you to be good at making excuses eh? so what is the issue that god's speaking to you about why don't you admit it god i need to deal with this issue i need to face it right now here's the second thing he's willing to go back notice the question was where did it fall where did you lose it where did you get burnt when did it happen? Where was the place? What happened in your experience that caused you to get burnt? Maybe for some, it's way back and you're a young boy, young child. And now, and you've been burnt and burnt and burnt and burnt. And now God's saying, like, well, where do I start? Go back to where it first started. Go back, get into right back there where the thing started. For some, it started in your family line. Some, it started as a young person. Some, it started last year. Wherever you got burnt, go back. Where did it fall? So you've got to overcome shame and embarrassment. Just go back to where I lost it. Got to admit the problem, go back to where it is. And where would you lose the accent? How did the problem come? The place where the problem began is the place you go looking for the solution. The root of unforgiveness, the root of resentment, of disappointment, injustice, anger. That's the place you go back to. Just go back to it. Then you apply the cross. Notice what he did. He cut down a stick. In the Bible, often when the Bible's using the word stick or tree or anything like that, it's talking about people. People are likened to wood or trees or whatever. But in this case, the stick is the cross of Calvary because Jesus died on that tree. And when he died, he died for your failures. He died for your hurts. He died for your offenses. He died to deal with stuff. He died to set us free of iniquity. He died to heal the brokenhearted. He died to get us set free. So you need to learn how to bring the cross, how to come to Jesus Christ, how to come to the cross where offenses were dealt with. The cross is the power of God to salvation to all who believe there's no problem you can't get out of no failure you can't rise up from not if you bring the cross of Christ and his blood into it right. notice what he did you have to apply the cross and take those injustices to the cross God can deal with the bitter waters of your life God can deal with the blackened part of your life too. make it really quite different so things need to expect something to happen if I come to the cross, I need to come expecting God to do something, fully expecting He will change my life, He will resolve this thing, the sin will be forgiven, the hurt will be healed, the injustice will go away, the pain will will just vanish. I'll begin to start to walk out. I've got to have faith that God can do it. Got to have faith. And finally, you notice here it said, and he said the axe had floated up to the surface, and that's a miracle, isn't it? That's where the supernatural comes. There's something about. When you come to the cross, that the anointing is released. You notice it floated up to the surface. So this is a supernatural moving of God. And when we come to the cross and deal with our sin, deal with our failures, deal with our injustices hurt and grief, you know what happens? There's something about the Holy Ghost just begins to come again. And notice what he had to do. He said, stretch out. You've got to stretch again and pick it up and begin to go back to the building. You see, one of the hardest things, is one thing to come to the cross and and release forgiveness. It's another thing to stand up and then start to love people. You have to stretch out to do that. Uh, You may have an injustice or some kind of offense. It's one thing to bring it and share it with Jesus. It's another thing to stretch out into the Holy Ghost and begin to express the love of God to that person, to walk past that injustice like it never happened and to begin to start to flow again. You you can't influence people powerfully if there's no flow of the Holy Ghost. So you've got to make a decision that I'll love. I'll honor where I've been dishonored. I will love where I've been cursed or whatever. I'll bless people. I'll start to speak well. In fact, I will own my own life. I will stretch into God and stretch out to people and see god move one of the most common things that burns us is conflicts and things that happen in relationships and always it's the same thing. If you've lost the flow of God, your cutting edge, you come back to the place you lost it, to the situation you lost it in. You come back to the cross. You come back and are willing to let it go to the Lord. Let it go. It doesn't matter if it never gets solved. It doesn't matter if no one ever owns up to anything. What matters is that you let it go at the cross, the greatest injustice of all, and then stretch out to go back into the work God called you to go into. There'll be many, perhaps, who've got all kinds of issues. You're a burnt stone in the pile. God wants you to find out, well, how did I become a burnt stone? I need to come to the cross and bring the cross into it and then stretch out and start flowing with the Holy Spirit again. The Bible says, be kind, tender-hearted, loving one another. That's when the axe head's on your life, when you're able to do that. Or what about that person? It doesn't matter what they're doing. Will you be an axe head for God?